It's a kind of a state of mind Two guys from Jersey with attitude all the time Football kids and movies about crime It's a garden state of mind Hello and welcome back to Garden State of Mind, South Jersey's most melancholy podcast, episode 51. I am one of your hosts, John. With me here, I have Jeff. Jeff, how are you this week? Pretty good, John. I was just are ranting. You? I was just ranting and raving about New Jersey before we started. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you saved the fire for the podcast. If you want to elaborate, but actually, before you do anything, okay. uh, I would just like to ask any of our listeners: if you're new, if you're not. Uh, please just hit subscribe, and then if you don't like us, just keep subscribing, but you don't have to listen. Yeah. But we would appreciate the uh, subscription. So Listen at one and a half times speed. Every podcast yeah, you listen to. That's the... Yeah, we're better at a higher speed from what yeah. I understand. Everyone is. <laughs> so um, why don't you explain why you're on fire? What, what, Fucking... what's, what's, what's up your uh, drawers this week? <laughs> My license may be suspended right now. I'm not sure. So I'm stuck driving the speed limit in this fucking godforsaken state. And, you know, I, I'm sick of judges and, and rising and standing when they walk in a room. Really? Because I got a law degree. I have to stand up. Give me a fucking break. You're a real piece of Jersey trash with it getting your list, your license suspended. <laughs> I'm ashamed of you. So how did it get suspended? What didn't you pay for? All right. I got a ticket. Who knows when? Two years ago, um, another hero pulled me over. I was going, uh, you know, <laughs> thirty-five and a twenty-five or something. You know, road I drive every day. So this hero gave me a ticket. So I went to court. I didn't didn't get a lawyer. I just go there and I'm like, you know, the prosecutor says, "Do you want to pay the extra fine? No points." I said, "Yeah, I do. Sure." And I guess at one point they had mentioned, "Oh, but you know, but if you get another moving violation within a year." We're going to bend you over and fuck you right in the ass. I'm like, okay, fine. So, of course, I get a, uh, then I get another ticket, um, <clears throat> and I go to court. Prosecutor says, okay, you want to pay the extra fine? I said, yeah, and I guess they didn't realize that I had the prior ticket. Right. So now I've been paying surcharges, and I'm paying surcharges, and I'm like, why do I have surcharges? So the surcharges kicked in because now my points kicked in because I got the second ticket. And but then I paid an extra fine at the courthouse and then I was like, fuck. All right. So I'm calling the courthouse and I got to go. They're only open fucking Mondays, you know, only Mondays. And, <laughs> and then the, what, the last time I was there, the judge didn't show up for like an hour and a half because he had went to the doctors, this fucking prick. Right. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to get to I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then I got the thing in the mail this week that, you know, your license is probably suspended or on a certain date. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> So now you got to drive with like fucking eyes in the back of your head and the sides of your head. Yeah. You got to watch out for the cops. Which was. So what happens if you're driving with a suspended license? Do they arrest you? I don't know. I mean, I've driven many times with this situation or no insurance at certain points in my life. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, fuck them. Yeah. Fuck, I fuck would, everybody. I've I've had that problem twice where. I think it was I didn't have anything like my my registration was expired. My I had no insurance. My um, sticker on the windshield was like a year overdue, I remember. And I think my license had been suspended because no, it wasn't suspended. I didn't get that notice, but I, w I had gotten like several warnings. 
and uh, yeah, I passed by a cop, <laughs> and I saw his face. We were like going through an intersection, just passing each other, so not going at top speed at all. And I saw his face, like his mouth just opened up as he's looking at my windshield. He saw that the registration, or not the registration, the inspection sticker was like a year old. Oh yeah. And oh yeah, he pulled. So he pulls me into a Burger King parking lot. And, you know, he's, of course, like, what the fuck? You know, he's like, come on, guy. You got, like, nothing is up to date. And um, he's like, all right, you, you know, you're going to have to leave this car here and get a ride home. I was like, okay. And then he just takes off. I was like, what the fuck? What? I'm driving home. Oh. Yeah, he just took off. Like, he wrote me. No, he wrote me several tickets. And I had to go to, um, I had to go pay. Yeah, I just got it fixed. I got everything, you know, up to date. And I had to go pay a fine or whatever. But he he just left me there. Like he and so I drove home. Obviously, like you know, why why would I? You think I'm gonna listen to you and stay get, be stranded in a Burger King parking lot for three hours waiting for a ride? This, I think this was like before cell phones were a thing. Yeah, that's odd. I mean, lucky you. Yeah, who cares? I mean, well, right. listen, that's all. You know, this is the joke about politics. You know, they 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 distract you with with abortion with with gay rights with reparations this is all it comes down to fucking insurance all they want is a piece of you that cop doesn't <laughs> first of all i like when they say drive safe or all this stuff i was safe i was safe when i was driving 75 in the 65 i was completely fucking safe right when i went any slower i would got massacred by the big rigs but that's all it's all all they want all the government want is your fucking money he doesn't care your car what if your car was like a real hazard he doesn't fucking care he already wrote the tickets he did his job are you a fascist what's your what's your political lean a fascist why am i a fascist i'm, 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 I'm just fucking with you i'm not saying anything you're they're very the fascist, uh, johnny they're the fucking fascists i know i know um i feel bad for you so uh now you have to go to court on monday yeah, I'm going to go there, and it's probably going to take a fucking huge chunk of my day. And I, I actually, as you were saying about, I, I realized I also have to get my car registered, uh, inspected. <laughs> yeah, come on. Take care, take care of your business. Wait, you got to do the inspection? I just realized, so, yeah, I saw the sticker the other day. I noticed it was August. You live in Jersey. You just take it to a, you know, it's a free station. No, I know. I, go on, I do it on Saturday mornings. Yeah, that's the one good thing. The, the inspection stations are pretty easy, and I think we're two years. I'm we so are. We're two years, and it's so simple. I mean, remember what it used to be? Holy shit, you would wait for like three hours to get your fucking car inspected. And everyone in every other state would laugh at us. I know people in PA would laugh like because they're like, ah, just I take it to a shop, and they just fucking do it, and I pay $20 or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're the dummies because we're getting it for free, but... You know, we also had to wait in line for fucking three hours. Just more that. I mean, if you know, we should all be up in arms with insurance. Every every form of it. What do, what do you what could you possibly do? Nothing. They you're going to worry about Jeffrey Epstein or Epstein. It's all the it's these insurance companies. Well, Epstein uh, won't be hearing from him no more. Nah. Nah. And he had stuff to uh. say. I know. Well, that's the that's the the sour part about it is he was going to be giving some people up, right? I'm, some I'm creeps. Probably. I wasn't really. 
I wasn't really following that story. I wasn't wasn't too interested. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, I you know, I know. I guess the the bare minimum what I needed to know. Yeah. But I I thought I had read an article or something about he was probably going to be sharing some names of other creeps like him. So that would have been good. Would have been good to get those. Hey, you know, I, yeah. When I walk free. yeah, when I heard he got like an easy sentence or not even a sentence, he just got it. Got like a you know a sweetheart plea deal, I'm like yeah okay, yeah billionaires get to do what they want. I mean, is this news? No, no, it's not. It's uh, criminal. Meanwhile, you'll go before the judge and uh, you you could have problems. You're, oh, you're no billionaire. Oh, I'm public enemy number one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're you're in trouble on Monday. <laughs> I can feel it already. You already have an edge about you. I can only imagine how you're gonna feel on Monday morning when you have to go in there. Does this cost you some time at work? I mean, is it? impact your your job well i mean yeah it could i mean it depends on how you know every one of my days is different i mean i I won't be getting like the paperwork type stuff done but you know if anyone's calling me for something yeah i don't (laughs) i won't be able to handle don't don't get your license suspended come on well i gotta go yeah i have to go monday i have to oh man yeah come on rejoin you know society (laughs) <laughs> the, the contributing members of society get your license squared away get your life back in order you, you're falling apart uh, yeah. you're falling apart it's all uh mario's fault from this week that's what i think mario <laughs> what that's code my friend that's code uh, oh gotcha yeah yeah <laughs> understood yeah <laughs> little, little inside humor so uh apologies to the listeners um, how about that? You know, Bryce... sorry. How about what? No, no, that's okay. How about what? That Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper Grand Slam last night. Good it stuff. Was a huh? Thing of beauty. Yeah, it was Jeez. a thing of beauty. Bryce, what a monster. Yeah. Well, it's funny. All of a sudden, they they bring Charlie Manuel back, and the fucking bats come alive. It's very strange. It 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 really is. Isn't it odd? Like, is it just a coincidence or <laughs> what the fuck? It's a coincidence. It's a coincidence a right thing? now, but you know they keep reeling off wins. Then I, I guess I I don't know. I can't attribute it to him returning, unless it just purely is a mental thing. And and they all had this issue going on at the same time, where one after another couldn't hit, and now they get word that Charlie's back. Oh, and Charlie's always a good hitting coach. Blah blah blah. And uh, all right, well we're gonna start hitting now. Well, they do. yeah, there was there was some organizational philosophy, or at least the hitting coach, that you know whatever it was was definitely fucking them up a little bit. I mean, everyone's pointing to Carlos Santana, who's like you know tearing the cover off the ball now, and it was yeah. you know, but then again, I don't know why these hitters just instead of listening to the hitting coach, just kind of do what they've always done. You're Carlos Santana, you're a professional hitter, like who cares what your Phillies hitting coach is telling you just do what you normally do like how much how much coaching do they fucking need after all these years no they know how to hit but they've been playing since they were kids yeah what the fuck they perfected it if anything yeah i mean you know and and then after you listen to to the guy and you're and you stop hitting then go back to what you used to do if you can remember you know baseball players are stupid though i think they're well these and the slumps are contagious too yeah like they're just they they're there's such mental midgets sometimes when it comes to that. I think there are dumbest athletes, baseball players. Uh, are they? 
I think so. It's not debatable. I, th- I think just because they don't even there's no need for them to ever go to college. I mean, not that the other athletes are like you know, certainly not the North Carolina basketball players. You know, they don't attend the class. But at least if you're pretending <laughs> to be in college, I think it has to rub off a little bit. You have to. You have to. Listen, I went to. A <laughs> I had school. to hear something in class. I went to a school where all the all the all the athletes went to class. I I was in classes with them, and, right? You know, so I saw them. Well, likewise, so I can't worry about all these other fucking half-ass schools that don't do shit. But baseball players never go to you know barely go to college. They're uh, no, right. they're 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 hitting the farm system. Yeah, you know you know uh, right out of high school really. Yeah, so I you're right. You're probably right. But then, I, yeah, I don't know. It's something about they're just some some of them are just mentally weak. This this slump thing it doesn't make any sense to me. I agree with that. Yeah, they are mentally weak. If you you know if you, you just just get out of it, just cut they're it so out. Fragile, aren't they? And the, yeah, and and supersti- the superstition and I, I don't believe in any of that bullshit. The super, I really don't. Yeah, the superstitions are too much. Cut it it's out. It's absurd. Uh, jump over a white line, okay. The powder, but because everything I did when I do that, it's it's maybe a Hall of Famer so far, or it hasn't. Yeah, that's what it, that's what's done it. If you step on that white line, though, everything's gonna fall to shit. Um, did I? I guess I. We were talking about court. The last time I had to go to traffic court, like Olivia was a baby and Maureen was working at the time and I was I was working nights. And so I had to go to court during the day. I mean, the best thing I ever decided to do was to bring my one year old to fucking (laughs) traffic court. Fun. Because all she did was fucking scream and cry. To the point where the judge was like, "Yeah, I dismissed, dismissed." (laughs) (laughs) It was fucking great. And not only that, I mean, I was supposed to be waiting for a while, but you know, we're sitting back there, and Olivia's just crying, 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 like nothing would shut her the hell up. And so they they brought me in sooner, like brought me up sooner, and she was screaming the entire time. I'm trying to talk to the judge about. I think it was like a. I, I swear it was like for a headlight. I was there. You know, I was like, I'm not fucking paying this ticket. Like, I got my headlight fixed. And, uh, yeah, she's screaming and screaming, and he finally just let me go. Good. Yeah. Like, I don't know why more people don't do that. That's the best thing she's ever done. I would go to this daycare and grab a baby. and. That's what I'm thinking. Can you rent one just to bring them? Yeah, I'll do that Monday. I'll just go grab a kid. business. That's a good idea. I'm going to (laughs) go grab a kid. Are there any kinder cares on the way? (laughs) There has to be. Yeah. Uh, please, uh, everyone note, this is a joke. We are not advocating, uh, theft of a child from any location. I certainly am not. Speak for yourself. Yeah, that's great. I have to find a new podcast partner. (laughs) You'll be doing 25 to 30. Wasn't Jeffrey Epstein killing people, uh, kidnapping people? Why can't I? Something about this name, Jeffrey. (laughs) I, I, I. I used Don't to get, keep him around. Keep him away from the youngsters. It's funny. I didn't even notice that was his like first name. Like, I used to get a lot of Jeffrey Dahmer back in the day. Oh Jesus! You got they have bad bad history. Yay, Jeffrey Dahmer! I'm telling you, people would say this to me. I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> oh, I mean, I 
I don't think you like that. One, well, guess what? One of our best serial killers. You did not talk to a man like Jeffrey Dahmer like that. <laughs> um, would you say one of our best serial killers in the uh, rankings? He's a, he's a Hall of Fame. He didn't he didn't worry about stepping over white lines or anything. He just did his thing. I think the the all time winner is uh, the Zodiac Killer. Is he not? He's he still, got away with it. Yeah, he's, nobody yeah. still at large. Good for him. He was not uh, good for him. I just rewatched uh, Zodiac not that long ago. Did you ever see it? Yes. Uh, that's a good good flick. Um, you have to watch Mindhunter. Did you watch the first season? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you did. Actually, it just the second season just dropped tonight. I think. Yeah, today. Yeah. Did you start watching any of them? No. Um, I think they're going into Manson and Son of Sam this season, from what I heard. Oh, good. Yeah, definitely Manson. That's a good, yeah, good, good show. I, I, I could probably rewatch the first season because I forgot most of it or all of it. That's a, I, I know. I should probably go back and rewatch it. That's a David Fincher. Uh, yeah, show. yeah. It's um, you know, I don't know. Well, what, what, how we're gonna, what we're talking about exactly, but, um, after, after we talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it, it just made me realize like how important that movie was because of 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 the feelings you get after you can't stop thinking about it you only i did i went to see it again with melinda i you know it it's got us talking about scorsese and then it finally got me got 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 me going on a scorsese watch of all these movies i hadn't seen and it's just uh, it's it's been a great couple weeks it has been i agree with you i mean think about everything that it sparked and it's funny, I was thinking about this, uh, that I was going to bring this up earlier, and now I'm on this kick where I want to watch, not classics, but I, I kind of want to get into some of the 60s, yeah. 70s movies, like we've been doing with Scorsese, but there are others, you know, that I would like to kind of go back and and watch, uh, even like The Sting, like I'm, I'm in the mood to watch that again, it's been so long since mm-hmm. I watched The Sting, and then I, I, then I want to follow it up with Color of Money. Um, you so mean, I, you I, mean I, The Hustler? The Hustler, The Hustler, thank you. The Hustler, yeah, and then I want to follow up The Hustler with The Color of Money. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. I think it sparked a lot of thought in me, and that's, that movie. You know, that's what we're hoping for from, you know, art. I hate people say art, but, you know, uh, that's what that movie did for for, me, for us. Uh, we finally got off our asses, you know, started watching the old, the, the original Scorsese movies, and, you know, we're in the in the middle of it. But, uh, Some are better than others. Yeah. Um, I. Which ones? So which ones have you watched that you hadn't seen? The only ones I'm prepared to talk about tonight would be Who's Knocking, um, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, and King of Comedy. I can't watch. I didn't watch New York, New York, and um, what was the other one that you that you were? T- oh, I, and I didn't watch After Hours yet. Oh, Boxcar Bertha, did you watch that? I didn't. Was that good? Yes. All right, so so I have to catch up on those. I mean, we could talk about the other three. You're more than welcome to talk about, you know, it's not like I have to watch it. If you want to talk about it, we could discuss any of the other ones. I, Just, I, I didn't see them yet. I mean, I so I'm, I'm with my typical... You could say easy grading, I guess, where I just I just graded them all. I didn't I didn't take notes or anything, but but like right. 
you know, Boxcar, I mean, uh, Who's That Knocking at My Door was from 1967. It was his first feature with some combined footage from his, like, uh, probably master's class in college uh, that was, like, filmed, like, a couple years earlier. Um, that, Are you going to describe what the story is? Because that was one thing that I think we failed to do. <laughs> so when we when we started talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, last week or two weeks ago, um, like, we talked about a lot. You know, we t- we talked about a lot of the elements of the movie, but I don't think we ever went into like what's this story about. Well, I mean, if you hadn't seen it or haven't seen it, you shouldn't have listened. And That's it, true. it was just time to go see it anyway. I don't know. You know, there's any... you're right. Well, the, I I suspect that there's probably a lot of people who haven't seen who's who's that knocking at my door. No, that are listening to this so podcast, it's, right? It's Harvey Keitel's first picture. Um, yeah. obviously, obviously Scorsese, uh, and it's just, uh, it, it's just a New York centric. It's, it's black and white, uh, for, I, I actually off the top of my head, I can't remember what this story was about. It was just, uh, it was him. He's kind of like a, a half a mob guy. Uh, they're going out, you know, he like meets a girl and, uh, and then he finds out that she's had a traumatic event and then he's, it's about him trying to handle it. And, um, but all that aside, I, I, I was, I was just struck by so much of the Scorsese things were already happening back then. Just the way he used the camera, the way he would position it, um, you know, the, the story and the script maybe were not at, you know, at, at an A plus level, but I was just, I was just amazed. And then the music, the music, you know, these are classic songs, but they were like, you know, like Daniel from Elton John was like out that year and shit like that. Like, or no, no I'm sorry. That's uh, you're t- you're, are you talking about Alice? I am talking about Alice. Sorry, but <laughs> no. But I was looking at, but from the songs, I can't remember they were on top of my head. But it was all like current songs that were in that movie. It was just a. I was just shocked how Scorsese it was. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's very Scorsese. I didn't love the, I didn't love this movie. Um, who's that knocking at my door? What's funny is, uh, you know, his girlfriend, she didn't have a name. No. You know that? Mm-hmm. She had, she had no name. Now, his name, Harvey Keitel's name was J.R. Um, this girl, yeah, so essentially, like you said, he finds out that she was raped um, by a boyfriend or a guy that she had dated or whatever. And, you know, he has this stigma about, well, that's a sin. And, you know, this doesn't make any sense. And he's like, you know, basically he rejects her. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's just this sequence of him partying with his friends. And I guess like you, you had mentioned when you and I discussed it outside of this podcast, it was showing him just kind of wasting his life or wasting his time. And he decides that he's had enough of it, although I don't think they depicted it all that well, that he had had enough of it. And he goes back to see her. And he, and it's like he's forgiving her, and she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? I was raped. Um, yeah. You don't need to forgive me." He's like, "I'll marry you anyway," and um, he calls her a whore, and then she tells him to go home, and he goes back to the church, and then there's spoiler like a, alert, a th- by the way, <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. There's a three or four minute montage of Jesus heads and Jesus feet on the cross and a crucifix and probably blood. 
At one point, he was like kissing the the feet on a crucifix, and he had blood on his lips. Scorsese had some real Catholic Church hang-ups, man. <laughs> yeah, he's over them now. Yeah, I mean that's that's huge. That's you know it's very relatable for me. Um, you know, I used to be a Catholic <laughs> boy, so I get it. And, well, yeah, but was your whole life like? Did it revolve around it? Well, no, but you know, I didn't live in a in a fucking row home in New York City with you know on the same block as a church or something. You know, right. so and you know, especially you know Italians, you're in everyone's life, every neighbor, you know, everything that's happening. You see, guy, you know, you got the mob around. You see, guys just committing crimes, just being as immor- immoral as possible. And then go into church and lighting candles, and they just think they're forgiven because of you know how confession is set up, and it's just it's hard to it's hard to come to grips with this sometimes. And you're you know you're you know you can you you can have sex, but you, you're you know your your woman can't. She needs to be a virgin, and then now she's tainted, and it's also hypocritical. And they you know you just know it is you're in it. It was an interesting it it was an interesting to see kind of. A woman's point of view in 1967. I know. You know, he was showing her side, like honestly, and and then, and he's showing this guy being a typical guy is usually just an idiot, and that was really interesting to me too. It was, but I mean, I think Scorsese's always been, um, what, what's what's the right word? He, he, I think he's got the right mindset there. Uh, even though he grew up in those neighborhoods, he and he he's talked about that in the past, and he grew up around guys like that, but he's always depicted you know things in the right way, I would say, um, and you know taken the the correct point of view, whereas you know I guess in some ways maybe that storyline doesn't come off the right way if another director's handling it, but I agree with you in 1967 for him to and honestly they started filming that in like 65 I think, yes. and um. Uh, you know, it, at that at that time, for for him to to really kind of give her point of view and, and to to talk about how she she wasn't no was that like wait a minute actually was that like a was there like a sexual revolution around that time where women were starting to I I'm sorry I f- forget my history but is that where women were starting to say hey go fuck yourself man like you know guys are assholes and you I know mean, was that around that time perhaps but it wasn't. You know, and although it should have been in New York, you know, the it wasn't in this neighborhood. Gotcha. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, they they were behind the times. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I agree with your take. Uh, to to show it that way was really for that time period. Uh, that was not the norm. Yeah, and I, you know, and and but. I I enjoyed that party scene too, where you know you don't really hear them, and then it kind of goes off the rails, and but the music is prominent, and you know I don't know how much of that was a thing back then for a director to do, but to me I I was just like uh, it, it was like it was like unearthing some long lost treasure for me. I gave it an A plus. Uh, oh, not me, no. Yeah, I was I was a like a B minus. Okay. Uh, but I, but story-wise, quality first or... movie. Um, it was too jumbled and disjointed for me, and you know, I. Th- I think that's a sign of the times. 
of of movie making. Well, but there was also just this inexplicable. Like I, I guess I get it. Like the way you explained it, or you know, they they wanted to show he wanted to show Kaitel and his friends wasting time and. That he was getting sick of that, I guess. The problem was he didn't convey that to me because it just looked like Kaitel was having fun with his friends at a bar after he broke up with his girlfriend, and laughing it up, and 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 they, they were yucking around, and I I was getting bored. Hmm. I got bored of it. I'm like, uh, how much time is left in this movie? Yeah, you know, hey, listen, it was still, yeah, he it's his he wrote it, so it's his first time as a writer. So yeah. you know, yeah, he's it was not cohesive. That makes sense. Right. And, you know, there was, you know, there was some gaps he left that maybe he thought were understood or he could convey in the, you know, just a, just a picture. But, you know, so he had, he had to learn that. I, I think I was just so, like I said, I was just so taken aback by all the Scorsese-ness of it that I was just amazed by it. And I was just, then I was like, I can't believe I haven't watched this before. I know. I, I, I was happy to have watched it because I had read, you gave me a Scorsese book years ago. So I, um, you know the book I'm talking about. It's kind of like that. It's almost like the the director's book. Yeah, you still and, have and you still get, have it. I still have that. You'll you'll never get it back. Maybe you can return it one of these days. Uh yeah, I'll leave it to. I will uh, write you in my will. Oh, you'll get it back the day I die. <laughs> but so I had read about who's who's knocking on my door. I never thought that I would actually watch it. No. Um, but it was kind of cool that it was available on Netflix. Like that's one you could just watch for free if you want. I didn't have to pay for that slop. And and in my defense, you know, most of these movies, yeah, you really couldn't find until the recent, you know, three or four years, really. No, that's very true. I was, was not a movie that was available. I was listening to that podcast you sent me. Those guys talking about older Scorsese movies, and basically they were saying you know, they were talking about when they first watched them, and back in the day they had to like you know, rent some crazy VHS tape or, you know, like they had to jump through a million hoops to, to find these things back then. It's amazing. Yeah. That, that is one benefit of the world we live in today. Yeah. There are, there are no problems. I mean, I could find every one of these movies and I think, um, both, yeah, Alice and who's knocking. We're both on Netflix. Yeah. King of comedy was a... on Amazon. Yeah, King of Co- Yeah, wait, was that free? Did I pay for that? No, that was free. It was free. It's a, it's for Prime. It was Prime, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, so B minus for me for who's knocking at my door. That's fine if you go. You yeah. went A plus. I went A plus. You know, maybe I want to. Jesus, really? I don't know. Yeah, maybe I. I definitely want to watch Come it again. On. I'm going to watch it again. You know. So, but that was my first impression. All right, let me ask a few questions then. What what's Goodfellas grade? All right, that's a good point, but whatever. Let me leave me No, 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 no. Let's 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 not whatever. Let's do this the right way. Come on. What's your real grade, buddy? Fuck. Fine. I'll give it an A. I'll give it an A minus. Okay. I feel a little bit better about that. You're right. B plus. You're right. B plus would be a little more appropriate. Well, I'm just thinking I'm like I'm going through my head. Goodfellas, Departed, Raging Bull, Casino, and then who's knocking? They're all right in the same. Well, they're, they're the same level. You know, you're, you're pro- yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, this should be a B. Probably a you, you lo- a B at best. A B-. But like I said, I for me it was like unearthing a, a 
you know, I don't know, Carson Wentz's high school tapes or something where, you know, I, I, I don't have a good analogy, but it was it, it was. Just... No, I totally get it. It's a love affair with Scorsese and I understand it. I, I probably have the same lean towards Tarantino and I and I give him the benefit of the doubt more than I probably should just because I love his work so much. I mean, in, in, the, in the context of Goodfellas. I, you know, I, the the true grade for this should be a D, I guess. You know, I mean, it's not even close, but no, you know, I, I'm giving it at least a B. How was that? I'll give it a B minus. Fine. Fuck you. Give it a B. <laughs> You're right. OK. You're right. B minus. Fine. B minus. I, I called that one. Uh, All right. Boxcar Bertha. I watched. Did you watch that? 1972. I, Our birth. I didn't. Year. But if you want, I'll Wikipedia it and follow along. Um, I'll just say I gave that an actual B minus. Um, there was what's what's it about? Uh, it's impossible to explain. I'm, it, it, Is it like are they robbers or what? What are they? Uh, yeah, basically they're they're kind of outlaws. Um, these first two movies, Scorsese, I was kind of it was kind of shocking how much nudity there was. Like I don't know, it just seemed like it would be more taboo back then. But there was oh no, there was more nudity than you would think uh, back then. Yeah, I've been surprised before. This Barbara Hershey was she was a firecracker, Johnny Cakes. Uh, so she's in Boxcar Bertha. Yeah, she's in it. David Carradine. Um, those are the main guys, and uh, got it. They actually got married in real life, I think, around the same time. So they had some chemistry, but um, it it was it was a little disjointed. But the reason it's a B minus is because again it was had enough Scorsese happening, enough interesting uh, camera setups, and kind of uh, just just vantage points. Um, there then there was at the end there was <laughs> just just the craziest Catholic uh, oh no like crucifixion kind of thing. Uh- Again, it, it was like it was like Scorsese on on times Scorsese times Scorsese uh, times the Pope but, times. But it was really uh, a Eucharist. <laughs> but it was really it was really interesting. Um, there was some great stuff. Oh, there was there was this camera shot. It was a fight. So the fights back then there was like weird edits and you know all uh, kind of yeah. quick edits. We we've noticed this and like. You know, the blood looked silly on most of the things. But there was this one shot where there was like a punch being thrown and somehow he had the camera like moving with the person and it wasn't perfect. It was like a little slow motion ish kind of. But it was such a cool like like shot the way he did. And I was like, you know, it was it was really impressive. So did the guys at Pure Cinema – so Pure Cinema Podcast, that was the one you were referencing earlier. Yeah, yeah. They did they did two parts so far. I forget what year they stopped, but they've covered Scorsese from like the beginning all the way up through I guess the early 90s. Um, and But did how did they feel about Boxcar Bertha? Do you recall? They – so far they've, they've, they've liked everything. Yeah. For the most part. In yeah. fact, I think um, – I think Alice may have been their favorite from the early years. Um, okay. Makes sense. Although, but, 
I'm but, kind of a mean streets guy, but uh, yeah, I, I like Dallas a lot. They they saw the benefit in everything. Yeah, sure. Well, there probably is a benefit in everything, and maybe if I go back and watch who's that, who's knocking at my door, um, maybe I'll get a little bit more out of it on a second watch. Yeah, I I would say re-listen to them when you watch it or or listen to that part again. Um, That's a good I, idea. I don't remember offhand what they said, but yeah, for the most part, they were very. They're very positive about most of his stuff. Well, I did like, um, and I think they called this scene out, and who's going back to who's knocking? Uh, that scene, I guess, where it's almost like Keitel is courting her, or he just strikes up a conversation with mm-hmm. her. I guess they're both on the Staten Island ferry. Yes, and um, it's kind of a weird conversation. And he's he's almost like combative or somewhat aggressive in in his line of questioning or how he's you know, talking to her and yet it works. And I thought it was interesting. And if Scorsese wrote that, you know, job well done because it wasn't like a conversation that you would normally hear, but it also seemed very realistic. I agree. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent with all that. It was, yeah. And, and when you, you know, when you're watching compressed as I have, when I'm seeing Kaitel and who's that knocking mean streets, Alice, Taxi driver, I'm starting to I'm starting to like. Boy, this Kaitel's a real dickhead. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Kaitel. Well, did you ever see Bad Lieutenant? No. Oh, wow. That's that's what that's almost an all timer Kaitel movie. Okay. Uh, the lowest of the low lives. Yeah, he's a, he, yeah he makes quite an impression in this kind of shit. But he's yeah, it's 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 interesting. I don't really. I mean, outside of these movies, the the, the ones I just uh, just watched this week, and you know, the Mean Streets or even Pulp Fiction, like I don't have a big long history with Kaitel. Like he's kind of that, you know, that the guy in Copland that anybody could have, you know, that part anybody could have played. Like, oh yeah, he uh, played Ray. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's not like he brings anything to the table, but this is it's oh, re- Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Was, that's he, true. He was he was really good in Reservoir Dogs. Um. And Pulp Fiction, I enjoyed him. I don't think any just anybody anybody could have played that role. No, no, absolutely. The, the wolf. I'm actually about to give him a compliment, meaning, or you know, I don't know how long it took him to get discovered, or he needed Marty, but uh, you know, he hit the ground running where he was just, you know, electric. Uh, you know, Kaitel and De Niro, you know, watching all these movies, I mean, they're beyond electric. Like I, you know, I I can't get over how good they are. Oh yeah, agreed. Honestly, what happened to Kaitel? Like, like we know he was active in the seventies. What happened to him in the eighties? Was he in anything? Like, I remember him starting in the nineties, like Reservoir Dogs, and then a billion other things. Yeah, what are, what were we? Hold on, let's let's see. What are we missing he, with him? He clearly had a a career in the seventies. I mean, he, Scorsese kept him busy. Mean Streets, Alice doesn't live here anymore, um, Taxi Driver, then it's, I mean, it's a bunch of movies I've never heard of in the 70s, um, and then into the 80s, more movies I never heard of, you know, I unless he's just with the wrong, you know, directors, like, what is he, you know, or making the wrong choices, uh, he was in Wise Guys, <laughs> I love Wise Guys, uh, but that was like a real super bit part. 
Um, uh, yeah, right. It's not like he was a star. It's like um, it, it, we you go all the way up to 88 to The Last Temptation of Christ. And then it's again, like, I don't know any of these movies. Um, and then after that, he's Thumb and Louise. I never saw that. Bugsy, I don't remember uh, him in there. And then it's Reservoir Dogs in 92. It's like, you know, then you're your Bay Lieutenant in 92 also. But he was in Bugsy. I guess, yeah, I guess. I didn't know that. I like Bugsy. He's Mickey um, Cohen, yeah. The Piano, didn't he win for that? An Oscar, maybe? Oh, yeah, that was a good movie. I didn't see that. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if he won. He was nominated. Um, that was a good flick. Pretty depressing, but good. Um, yeah, he's he's had a weird career. It's a lot of movies. So yeah, A lot of movies. A lot of movies, but not a lot of good ones, necessarily. No, I mean, Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs stand out to me. Um, and obviously, you know, Mean Streets and what we know that he did for Scorsese, of course. Yeah. Copland, I guess he was all right. That's fine. You it's know. mostly a lot of bullshit. As I'm looking uh, at Yes. Yeah, he, god damn, he's been in a lot of movies. <laughs> right? Yeah, but like, Little Nicky is like the highlight of <laughs> 2000 for him. <laughs> uh, he was in Red Dragon. The uh, Hannibal Lecter movie. I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. He played Dr Jack Crawford. Um, but Jesus, he's really done nothing. It doesn't look like he's getting any respect with these movies unless unless he just can't ch choose a movie. I think he's a one-trick pony. Hmm. He's kind of got that tough guy persona. Hmm. You know? Right. right? I mean, isn't he always a tough guy? I mean, in, in the ones we've seen, I guess. But, yeah, I don't... I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to go into a deep dive of Kaitel movies. I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he's, he, you know, he's he's in pre-production on a movie called Lansky about Meyer Lansky. Oh yeah. Well, he yeah he plays Meyer Lansky. Did there was a so there's a movie '98. It's called Finding Graceland. Did you ever see that? It was on cable quite a bit. I I, I caught it like a few times what was back the in the day. General story. He is—he's like a drifter or something, and he thinks he's Elvis. And then, like some, you know, some people pick him up, like hitchhiking or something. And then they just really like him so much that they—they they think maybe he is Elvis and he's still alive. And then, and then, like he performs a show, and I don't know. It was—I'd uh, like to rewatch that. Actually, it's been um, sounds it's, like a good one. Yeah. Um. And like you know, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't a tough guy there. But he was – so I don't know. It's hard to say what range he has because he's mostly been an ass in these 70s Scorsese movies. He has been. Did you see – Um. oh, God. It's a Bridget Fonda movie. Oh, God. It's like that little Nikita story. Damn it. What the hell is that called? Shit. I forget it. I'm wasting time. He. It was one of his roles where he just plays like a cleaner. So uh, crime, uh, crimes committed. He comes in, and it's almost like his Mr. Wolf character from Pulp Fiction. Smart, but with a psychotic bent. Like he comes in to clean up, like literally clean up, like execute everyone. Oh, he was in Rising Sun, that Wesley Snipes and Sean Connery movie. I didn't see that. You didn't see that? No. I think it was a that was a Michael Crichton book. I think one of those that. Oh, and by the way. Clockers. Please tell me you've seen Clockers. I haven't. Oh, shit. 
I have to give you a list of movies, man. <laughs> there are some that you really need to see. Okay. I don't know how you are about Spike Lee movies. I think you like some of them. Yeah. And Clockers is probably, it's got to be in my top two or three Spike Lee. Great, great, great movie. Yeah. Rick Keitel. I meant to get around to that. I don't know why I didn't uh, think of it. Yeah, you, you would enjoy it. Uh, all right. We've gone down the Keitel path. We've reviewed every one of his films. <laughs> we sure have. Uh, Boxcar Bertha. Anything else you want to say about it? No, I mean it's 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 a it's a B minus. I mean, since I just gave the Who's That Knocking a B minus, maybe I should make Boxcar B. Um, okay. But it's worth a watch, and you know, and I'm I'm looking forward to someday rewatching these as well too. Um, sure. I could rewatch Alice tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I really could. Real quick, seventy three is Mean Streets, uh, A plus. If you haven't seen Mean Streets yet, then uh, go fuck yourself. How's that? Yeah, Mean Streets. I did not rewatch. Mean, um, I didn't either. I, okay, yeah, I wanted to, but I, I'd be right there with you. It's. I don't need to. I a, I probably watch it once a year. It's either. an A plus. Mean Streets. I I guess I've seen it maybe like five six times. It's it's not Goodfellas where I've seen it twenty eight times or thirty no. times. Um, but it's just quite honestly not on often enough. It's not. But it's on Netflix now. Um, I mean, do you is that an A plus too, or do we have to make it? Yes. Okay. No, it's an A plus. It's got some. It still had some of that stylistic stuff that he was experimenting with. I mean, that whole sequence with the tiger in Mean Streets. It's kind of odd. Um, what's that guy's name? Is that Michael? That's Michael. Buddy, is that? It's Michael that has the tiger, right? Oh. Hold on. David Proval. No, he's isn't that Tony? I thought David Proval was uh Michael, no? No, Michael is uh Michael is Dr. Melfi's husband. He's the, the oh, head guy. Oh got it. Okay. Yeah, it was David was Tony. So David was Tony, okay. Alright, that's fine. So I had that wrong. But yeah, he did a lot of his stylistic stuff. Um Hey, by the way, they're showing Mean Streets in, in October at the Bryn Mawr Film Institute. They're showing like a whole slew of old Scorsese films. Oh, really? Yeah, we like we need to go over to Bryn Mawr. I think it, it's October seventh, Bryn Mawr Film Institute. I do. I'd like to see that. I like. Yeah, I saw Mean, mean Streets October seventh at seven fifteen p.m. Okay. So for anyone listening. Like, I think we we need to mark that down. Come meet your Garden State of Mind heroes in person. Yeah, let's all go see old Scorsese films together. I love it. What, what the fuck? It's a good idea. Um, But, yeah, uh, Mean Streets is fantastic. Can't say enough good things about it. You know, uh, I'll mention this because we'll probably get into it, but De Niro, um, this is, I think, probably – actually, definitely the first time I just noticed – the way he walks, like, uh, again, just electric, like just everything about this guy is just, it's just like flying off the screen at you. And like, like the confidence and this just, he's just, I, 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 you know, this is what drives me crazy with like Meryl Streep has like 18 Oscars 
And what is what is? Wait, De- let's not. Why do we have to tear down Meryl Streep because, to raise up De Niro? Because it, it's it's insane. It, no, it, uh, no, too bad. She's she's amazing. Also, come on. Why why can't they both be amazing? They can be amazing. She can't be beating him by fucking sixteen Oscars. She more carefully has selected roles over the years, though, than he has. He's made some really dumb film decisions, especially in his, his later years. I would say Meryl Streep's been way smarter about what she chooses to be in. They're at least half-quality films. What the fuck was everyone doing in the 70s? Did they miss Mean Streets and see this performance? Oh, I don't know. I mean, was he nominated for Deer Hunter? De Niro? Nominated for De- Here's his nominations. Okay. Godfather Part Two, so you know again. Who did he lose to? He won Godfather Part Two. He oh, that's that. right. He won that one. He won. Thank all right, God. Let, all right. Let's see this one. So, Taxi Driver, he was nominated. Right. He should have been. Let's see who he lost to. This is going to be annoying. This why we do we do this all the time and piss ourselves off. Peter Finch and Network. I don't know. I've never seen it. Network's a good movie. I I don't know. Peter Finch, that's fine. Deer Hunter, he's nominated. Okay. All right, let's see who he... Was Walken nominated? Hold on. Um, Deer Hunter won Best Picture. That's good. Chimino, yeah. Chimino, director. Best actor was John Voight in Coming Home. Ah, so that's, great movie. that's who beat De Niro there. Yeah, um, that's a tough one. Jane Fonda won for Coming Home. Mm-hmm. Supporting actor, oh, Walken won it for Deer Hunter. Good for him. He did. Yeah, he was yeah. he was masterful. Um, See, they, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I'm just Mean Streets. Throw him a Best Supporting. I'll get I'll, I'll get back to that and see what was nominated that year. But uh, he won for Raging Bull. So he's won for Raging Bull and Godfather Two. He was nominated for Awakenings and Cave Fear and Silver Lining Playbook. That's it. He only has three, seven nominations and only won twice. That's fucking bullshit. Okay. So you can take Meryl Streep and shove her up your ass. How's that? No. Yeah. I, 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 seven nominations. Hey, do what you like. Do what you like. Look, I'm with you. I understand. But why do I have to tear down another actor that I like to raise him up? Damn it. No, it's you're being. This is like when you were you were grading. Uh, who's that knocking an A plus? Let's see. I don't know if I'm gonna find the, the Oscars in '73. Vamp for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um. Look, I like I said, I I could look at Meryl Streep movies, and to, and and you compare them to the list of De Niro. Like De Niro has made so many poor choices. He really has. Like, I love a lot of his movies, but there are a lot of them where I'm uh, like, what the fuck were you thinking? Are you talking about the last 20 years? Little Fokker? Yes, of course I am. All right. Where she's continued uh, to make good films. I'm talking. And he's making shit. For him to have seven nominations when you include the 70s and the 80s. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what you- I get it. You think I'm disagreeing with you about his. I don't know. You know, 70. 70- of course I'm not. 70s, 80s, 90s. He was the king. He's been in some of my favorite movies. My favorite movie of all time, Heat. What I'm saying is, you know, it stopped after that. Like, he, he's lost his chances at, at a best. Now, maybe let's see what he does with The Irishman. You know, maybe this maybe this is another Oscar. 
Maybe. Uh, one. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm still looking. I'm still looking at something. Yeah, Jesus Christ. What are you on? AOL? Dial? <laughs> what are you looking for? Because uh, right. I'm looking at 73, and it's like The Godfather. So I'm like, the 73 Oscars. I'm like, okay, well, I can't argue about this one. Um, let me see the next year. So 74 would be the Mean Streets year. Okay. So best picture was The Sting. That's fine. Yep. Um, well, then he lost to – did Redford win or who won? Uh, actor was Jack Lemmon and Save the Tiger. Not sure what that is. Best supporting was John Houseman in The Paper Chase. But Mean Street, That's a good movie. Mean Streets didn't get nominated at all, which is just a disaster. And then, you know, so now we can go back to, um, you know, the first, what did I say, seven years? I mean, just, uh, you know, so bang the drum slowly. I saw that once years ago. Mean Streets, Godfather Part Two, Taxi Driver. This is his first four movies. Nine, 19, I love. Oh, I love Taxi Driver. Nineteen hundred. I don't know what that is. Uh, Last Tycoon. I remember seeing was pretty good. New York, New York. Deer Hunter. Raging Bull. King of Comedy. Once Upon a Time in America. These are the first dozen movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I don't know. Falling in Love. Brazil. The Mission. Untouchables. Angel Heart. Midnight Run. Awakenings. Goodfellas. Not nominated. Cape Fear. Backdraft. We're still in. Good movie territory and good performances. Yeah, yeah, those are good. Yeah, but they're not all. Those weren't all Oscar worthy. No, not all Oscar worthy. But again, we're talking 18 wins or Meryl Streep has like, what, 50 nominated, like crazy nominations. He's got seven. Well, how many nominations does she have for real? You're you're going crazy about this. Is it really that many? You know what happened? I, I saw something on Twitter or something where, like, it was like a Meryl Streep quote, like, like talking about the haters, and she was saying something like, "Well, fuck you, I got 18 Oscars." This is why. This is why I bring up Meryl Streep so much. This is why I'm so annoyed, uh, annoyed by it. Well, yeah, she does have a lot. Holy shit, man! Nominated for two. Oh, she only won three. Okay. She won three. She won The Iron Lady, Sophie's Choice, and Kramer versus Kramer. Now. Um, but yeah, she's been nominated a shitload of times. I can argue she should have more wins than three. I'll argue with that. But for her to have 21 and this guy to have seven, I, I, I can't, I cannot abide. Yeah. I'm going to say, I don't understand how she didn't win for, let's say devil wears Prada bridges of Madison County. Yeah. Postcards from the edge silkwood. Um, I don't know the rest of them. I didn't see all her shit. You know, I didn't watch Out of Africa. Um, but, you know, yes, I think that she probably should have, like, six Oscars to her name. Right. And De Niro equal. That's the thing. So if she's going to get 21 nominations, then give, you know, let's give Bobby 15. I mean, come on, you know, all those movies. Well, I just, look. Is, the, is there the same competition, though, in her category as there is in his? I don't know. The 70s were tough. Um, well, and I mean, they just weren't. I I don't think that there was a, a a plethora of actors or actresses, I guess, in her category. You know, and of her caliber. And I I do think that there were 
probably a larger number of male actors who were closer to De Niro's skill set. Probably, and there's probably not enough good roles for women. So. Right, exactly. You know, movies were about men, especially back then. So, well, De Niro was amazing in Mean Streets. Mean Streets needed, yes. should have gotten a little love. It should have. But I will also say this. I, I love Mean Streets. It's not the greatest story on earth. It's a good, entertaining movie because I love Scorsese. It's, it's no Taxi Driver. The story of Taxi Driver, to me, is 100 times better than Mean Streets. Oh, sure. But, you know, I mean, and this is the thing. Like, you know, it's just a, it's just a, a, a slice of life. It's Scorsese doing what, you know, kind of what he knows. Uh, this He's is a neighborhood guy. It's a response to box, Boxcar Bertha, like one of his heroes. I think it was uh, Roger Corman said, like, you know, he he told Marty, he's like, I like Boxcar Bertha, or or no, maybe he said he like sucked. Like, get back to what you do best, and then he went did a Mean Streets. You know, okay, but um, you know, good turn. We all know a Johnny Boy. We all know that fuck up. Yes, in, you know, in the neighborhood that will never get it right, and you know it. Oh, yeah, they're their own worst enemy. Yeah, it's always interesting to watch that guy. Yeah, no, Mean Streets is great, and I think it is a really great. If you've never seen a Scorsese movie, it's a great introduction into that world. Now, I don't know who the fuck hasn't seen a Scorsese movie, but you know what I mean. It's it's kind of just that, that typical, this is this is a, a Scorsese neighborhood setting, and, and there was still that Italian Catholic theme, oh, right? Oh, yeah. You know, Dripping. it's kind of heavy. Yeah, heavy-handed. Um, so, yeah, real. there's a real good slice of Scorsese in that movie. But we didn't We didn't watch – I didn't rewatch Taxi Driver. I'd actually, I would like to do that and then come back and talk about that one on another episode. Okay. Because I think that deserves a lot more – I don't want to kind of recall. I want to watch it and maybe take some notes before we get into that one. I actually ended up watching it again, but um... – Good for you. So – so we agreed at Mean Streets and Taxi Driver A pluses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we need to qualify and say like Taxi Driver is an A plus plus, or does that matter? Or we're just saying well, all- Taxi Driver Taxi Driver is an A plus plus. Mean Streets is not an A plus plus. It's an A plus. Yeah. Now is so right. so then the question since most people have seen these movies at least so now is Goodfellas an A plus 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 or just a plus plus? No, Goodfellas to me and Taxi Driver are both A plus plus. Okay, I'm down with that. A double plus. That yeah, right? that that needs. That's how we have to do some designations here, just to really set it apart. Yeah, um, you know, to me, Goodfellas is the cream of the crop, and so is Taxi Driver. Yeah. Taxi Driver is timeless for me. Um, never seen any other movie like it, really. Now, no, and. Uh, you know, just the commitment from these these two guys as a pair, just I love it. It's just, yeah. just fucking beautiful. And I, you know, I don't know if we want to get into it, but Raging Bull and Casino, I'm giving a plus plus to. Well, I think what we, uh, so let me see, Raging Bull, you're giving them plus pluses, yes. double plus. Yeah, I am. So Raging Bull, I give a double plus. And man, you know, I fucking love Casino. I don't know that it's. Ah, shit. It's a movie that has so many great moments that equal up to a, a plus plus. 
the story itself, I don't know that it's... Eh, shit. I guess I'll give it a, a plus plus. Yeah, no fucking shit you will, because we'll end this podcast Respect. right now if you don't. Oh, stop. I mean, I, the lowest I was going was an A+. Plus. But uh, but I'm but I'm with you. I give it a an A plus plus. All right. Well, where do you stand on um the departed? I gave it an A. So the departed only gets an A. That's interesting. Why? Jack Nicholson. To me, the more I watch it, is is just distracting. It, he wasn't. I've heard this so many times that he didn't bother me as much as he bothers others. I admit he didn't have a Boston accent. He was just Jack Nicholson. Right. <laughs> a murderous Jack Nicholson. I, I just, um, he didn't need to be in that movie, but I, I get it. And I'm also annoyed For, that that's his first director win. Just, yeah. it just annoys me. So Leo, Wahlberg, uh, Martin Sheen. I'm just rattling off all the reasons why you shouldn't give a shit about Nicholson in this film. All right, uh, actually, Alec, Alec Baldwin. I mean, what the fuck? Like, even uh, what's his name? Matt Damon. I mean, five just all-star performances. Okay, from those guys. This was just when I kind of went through my list. I just, I just an A, just because I've watched The Departed so many times. It's one of my going to sleep movies. Um, yeah. Actually, I'll definitely give it and I'll definitely switch it to an A plus just for the first 20 minutes of how they introduce uh, the story and how yeah. they do the editing. It's a master class by him and Thelma. Um, and, and yeah, isn't it kind of amazing that it's like 20 minutes in, you haven't seen the credits yet? Right. They're, they're still coming up with ingenious ways to get you into the world and into the story. Uh, that's, yeah, that's fucking remarkable. I'll give it an A plus just for that. And fuck Nicholson. Yeah. I'm at an A plus plus that, that, that movies it's, it's one of my favorite Scorsese films for sure. Um, I really can't remember feeling that intense with a Scorsese movie as I had with the departed and, in some of those moments. And I, you know, there's. I'm trying to think if there's any fast forward moments in that for me. Um, no, I. You know. No. I, the big problem is, and then the other problem is, the rat at the end. Sure, it was ham, heavy-handed uh, or know, ham-handed, whatever I you mean, want to say. I would have rather just seen someone getting crucified, like you know, just throw Jesus up there instead. Yeah, I didn't need to. Yeah, wait, couldn't we have gotten another uh, Virgin Mary yeah. and Jesus on the cross uh, yeah, montage? Guadalupe, you know, weeping or something. The Virgin, you know, yeah, that that would have been a little yeah. better. I, instead, he, he had the fucking rat on the window. He so has to. He has to. Bizarre. He has to lose a plus for that, and then that gets him an Oscar. No. It annoys me, but. Alec Baldwin had some fucking great lines, and so did Wahlberg. World needs plenty of bartenders. Uh, that's that's probably my favorite line. World needs plenty of bartenders. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, people see you're married, they know your cock's working. <laughs> uh, you know what? I love that, and love Damon. He's like, yeah, mine's working overtime. I love that. Oh, that was a perfect line. Man. I love that was dumb perfect. ass cop. You're just a dumb ass cop, and you, you know, you're a statey, and you think you're something. I, like, I, I love when he goes to the lady, and he's like, I knew your son. 
he was older than him, but he was a few years behind me. Like, why would you? It's like it's such a redundant, dopey thing to say, but I just know that dumbass guy. That's that, absolutely. Like, well, what's funny is when he says, when Baldwin says, uh, you know, they know your cock's working, and he says, yeah, yeah. it is working overtime. Overtime. And Bald Baldwin says, good, good. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like that. Like that's what he wanted to hear. And it's not working. That's the funny part. Then. Actually, I know. Actually, my f- I love that theme. I love that whole theme in the movie. Yeah, I, actually, my favorite, my favorite moment, probably in the whole movie, is the briefing room, Baldwin and Wahlberg, and David <laughs> says, "I know Miles Kenefick," and the look that Wahlberg gives him, like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And Baldwin is like, "Yeah, we're not trying to solve the case of the missing scumbag. We're trying to get Costello." Right. I just I love that that they just they just look at him in such contempt of shut the fuck up you notice yeah my basic theory on uh, feds is they're they're like mushrooms <laughs> feed them shit and keep them in the dark <laughs> don't judge him from this he's usually a nice guy <laughs> uh, I just love he's usually I, very nice yeah that guy. that Wahlberg moment was was just awesome he's amazing he is on fire that whole fucking movie yeah. Um, and so is Baldwin. Baldwin, every time he's on camera, I'm like, holy shit, what's this guy going to say next? How about when he punches the one guy out, the guy <laughs> that set up the cameras and set him off the wrong way? Like they missed the spot. There was a dead spot. Right. So Alec Baldwin just knocks him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The guy's like, what do you want me to do? It's a mistake. Maybe it, like, oh, okay. maybe it is a plus plus. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you. Well, well, and Leo, Leo's performance. Holy shit, man. That's another one. Why this guy has to win for the Revenant and not all of these other movies? Uh, Aviator. Yeah. In uh, Wolf of Wall Street. I. I know, I know. It's a crime, man. It, it's like it we're just they're squandering this guy's years away. Like, what do they want him to get frustrated? And just you know, I I wonder. Like, does it get to him? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Let's see what happens this year. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you know what? I can't even fuck it. I can't, can't even fuck this model right now because I'm so upset about my my Oscar. I know, right? Yeah, it's right. <laughs> it's small, small potatoes. <laughs> Although he should be getting, uh, he better be getting nominated for for Hollywood, and so should Brad Pitt. Uh, Melinda, by the way, driving home, forgives Matt, forgives Brad Pitt. For uh, cheating on Jennifer Aniston after this movie. For his performance or because he looks so good. Is that what it was? Probably his looks, but I was like, oh, good for you. All right. I forgave him a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, oh, yeah. My God. What, what the <laughs> fuck cares? did I care? I um, well, Jennifer Aniston. Uh, I don't believe in. I don't understand why people in Hollywood, you know, do anything other than bang each other anyway. Like, go ahead and date. You know, you need someone to go to weddings with and this and that. But why do they get married? I don't know. I don't know. Like, have a kid and then share custody or something. Yeah. I don't know why, but, I don't know why athletes get married either. I don't know what the hell they're thinking. Uh, ben Affleck's married. He was married to, in my opinion, one of the more beautiful women in Hollywood. Yeah. He couldn't have cared less. No, no. Like Jennifer Garner is a solid A+. He could not care less. He's banging a stripper. Yeah. Like, what a slob, but, you know, they just don't care, these guys. Oh, was he banging a stripper? I think so. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, it's like, who didn't he bang? He's Boston. He probably banged through, Blake Lively. He's just another um, Boston jerk-off. 
He yeah, he is kind of a piece of shit, man. That's, he really is. Um, a quick question though, it's it's related, kind of. Have you listened to Western Stars, the new Springsteen record? No, no. The last Springsteen I heard was and I love him was uh, the Rising. So I guess oh. however many years oh that God. was. You're way yeah, you know, you're missing a lot, but um. Yeah. You should listen to this, and there's it's 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 kind of like from an older man's perspective. There's even kind of a there's a there's a song about a stuntman. Like you have to you have to listen to it as as a record. Listen to the whole thing a couple times. Okay. And uh, then it really relates to the to a you know the Rick Dalton. It's like it's like amazing how it's all kind of tying really? tying into me. Yeah. Well, wait it it relates to Rick Dalton or to to Booth? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, well. Both, but yeah, definitely you're right. More Booth, actually. Okay, all right, yeah. It. Um, did you listen to? You listened to the um, Bill Simmons review of, of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Yeah. It was him and that guy Wesley, the New York Times critic. Right. Yeah. So I, I think they made a very good point in that, and I guess I didn't really think about this. Is you're watching a movie about two not so great guys like Brad Pitt's not really a nice guy or, or Booth is not really a nice guy. Yeah. And neither is Dalton. He's kind of a scumbag as well. You know, he's likable. I liked them both. They, I bought into their characters. I was rooting for them, but why is, you know, why is, Brad Pitt why is Dalton so bad? Murders his wife. Uh, I guess maybe it's just, he, I think he's kind of pompous. He's self-centered. Um, He's an actor. He, well, right, sure. Well, I mean, maybe that's a commentary on actors in Hollywood. Yeah, and 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 I, you know, the Brad Pitt maybe murdering his wife is ambiguous on purpose. Yeah, he, don't you think he did it? <clears throat> I don't know. You don't think that's what Tarantino was kind of getting at? Probably, but I mean, you know, it's it's he didn't show it. Why didn't he show it? He could have. He could have showed that harpoon. He seemed going dangerous. Off. He could have. He seemed dangerous. That's all. Hey man, he was in World War Two. I'm guessing, and uh, you know, anybody order fried sauerkraut? <laughs> you know that. Uh, God, there's so many great things. Uh, rewatching it too, where you see him running his lines for the next day. And then those oh, lines. God, I can't wait. And that scene with the with that girl, um, you know, uh, it's so nice and long. And, and Tarantino takes his time with it. And I lo- I just love, you know, uh, the perspective of this girl. Like, you know, even as she's like consoling Dalton, but he's mad at her because he called her pumpkin puss, and she's like. You know, she <laughs> pumpkin puss. Like she couldn't let it go, and she had to just mention it. But she's gonna, you know. But she was so nice, and I did, and just oh, just God, that I can't, I can't wait to watch this movie again. I, I'm with you. I'm I'm kind of bummed that <clears throat> I thought Maureen would be like nagging me to go see it because she missed out the first time. But I'm almost positive she's just gonna wait for it to you know be out on demand or or whatever. I, I'm like, I guess I'm gonna have to fucking go see this thing by myself again. Yeah, you might have to. Like, I I need this. I need to see it a second time. You do. Um, so I will. I'll get back there. I'm not sure how we got on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but <laughs> I'm glad we we revisited. Yeah, why not? It need to be talked. Yeah. You know, a few more things actually. Uh, Brandy, the, sure. the Brandy the dog, 
it was a girl. Um, yes. But it was a boy dog, if you noticed. Oh, but so that I didn't honestly, but so the but the character itself was a, a female. Yeah, I just, I just don't understand why they didn't get a female dog. I guess that for train, I don't know who the fuck knows. Maybe it was somebody's dog that they knew was already trained to do that shit. I don't know. Um, anything. So when they're when the credits start and and Pitt is driving. And they're backing out of his ha- his driveway. They put up DiCaprio and Pitt's names, but they put it on the opposite sides of them. Anything? Yeah. Wh- does that is that are they interchangeable? Does that mean something? Why was why would they do that? It's just like I don't know. That's really interesting. I didn't even notice that. See, I guess this is why you have to watch a movie at least two or three times. Believe it or not, I noticed that the first time because I was like trying to like hyper watch it. I was just trying to remember everything, yeah. and that really struck me. I'm like, well, that's it. I mean that's that's the choice. It is, yeah. Um, because the whole world would just put the guy's name next to his, you know, because they it was a it was a, a two shot, I guess, or it was just both guys filling the screen. So and, why would they be interchangeable though? Because they were not the same type of character in any way. Maybe they they could have been, should have been. If we're talking about a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the other time we tell this <clears> story, <throat> Cliff Booth is the main guy. Right, it is that it's that fairy tale quality. Um, sure, maybe that that that's as good a suggestion as any. Uh, I loved, I loved um, the 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 slight stutter that Dalton would have, you know, off camera for sure, or when you know, in moments where he just wasn't, you know, feeling good about it, himself. Just a great lacking confidence. Yeah, and it wasn't a full on stutter, but just a perfect, just like. I don't know, man. DiCaprio is That's the genius of Leo it DiCaprio. Is. Absolutely. You um, know, that's why he's he's one of the greatest of his time. Really. And honestly, I think Pitt is at the top of his game right now. Yes. I uh I don't know how many times you've seen Big Short, if at all, but Big Short is another one of my going to sleep movies. I'll put it on all the time. And uh Yeah, that's the one with Steve Carell and Christian Bale yeah. and Right, it's about the night. Is that the, the nineties? No, the two thousand two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yes. Got when it. we first watched that, Melinda didn't even know that was Brad Pitt. Now that's kind of insane. Like it's still tell it's him, but but he doesn't look like he did in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, and he's you know he's this is where he's gonna I think really shine probably in the next ten years. I think Simmons talked about this too, or. Uh, Simmons made some good points on his podcast. He did. Um, and I do think this is, like I said, this is probably the greatest time in Pitt's career. Yeah. I'm, I'm just from, and you go back to even Inglorious Bastards. What a fucking great role and what an amazing performance it was. So entertaining. I loved every second he was on camera. And yeah, some of it is the dialogue. But, you know, he had to pull that off. Yeah, he can handle it. He was fucking hilarious, man. You know, uh, yeah, he's way more talented than I ever gave him credit for when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And you're right. But I hope they both win. I hope they clean up at the Oscars. Yeah, so do I. So do I. Uh, One last thing that that – 
that pussy article the dude wrote about how Quentin how Quentin is shitty to women. Um, he brought that's bullshit. Yeah, he brought up the line where uh, at the end of the um, the Kurt Kurt Russell voiceover um, where he was saying that when Sharon was out at dinner, it was a really hot day, and she felt especially pregnant in all the worst ways. So this guy put this this line as offensive to women. Why is that offensive? I mean, wouldn't you? Wouldn't we all understand? We, we, you know, we both have had pregnant wives. You know, there's yeah. there's certain days where they're feeling like they can't even move because of this baby inside them, or they're so hot, or there's hot flashes, or they're cold. They want to murder they're everyone hungry. around them. There's emotions that happen in pregnancy because they fucking happen. It's not an indictment on women that they're emotional when they're pregnant. I mean, this is fucking. The insanity of this society. Who is this guy? I forget what pussy it was, but it was like a variety. He wrote for like Variety, I think the article is from. It's like a mainstream. Well, there you go. Yeah, but of course. But people look at this as like you know normal publications. I don't know what you want from this guy, Tarantino. Like he's made movies about women that just kick everyone's asses. He made two of them, as a matter of fact. Uh, you know, he he wrote True Romance, a, a movie in which Patricia Arquette's character kills James Gandolfini's character. Like he 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 makes strong female characters. Why don't people give him credit for this? I don't know. I don't know. And then you then you you fast forward to, you know, Margot Robbie didn't have a lot of lines, or you know, then it becomes this fucking Manson porn, where you want to see her murdered. Like that was Melinda's big takeaway too. Like she was relieved. That she didn't have to see that. Like, it's know. funny. I felt the same way. I was really happy that that Sharon Tate didn't die. Yeah. I was thrilled. I was like, this is great. And I think Margot Robbie was in it just the right amount. I think some of the points that I had heard was, you know, we didn't know that much about Sharon Tate. And I think that that's kind of what you got on screen here. Just the very little that maybe you could surmise about her. As a person, as an actress, like a budding young actress. Yeah. And I took it I took it more as uh, it was a little more insecurity on her part that she wanted to see everyone like kind of laughing at her her movie. Yeah. But Simmons, I thought, had an interesting take where it was like she's the opposite of Booth and Dalton in that she's at the beginning of her career. And I forget what he say. What did he say? Something along those lines. She's at the beginning of her. Yeah, career. Good contrast. Right. Um, but anyway, go see Once Upon a Time. Yeah, I can't. T- I can't say enough great things about it. I'm gonna see it again. I have to. Yes, it's. I mean, shit. I, there's not gonna be another Tarantino movie probably for five, six years. No. And like I said, it it just it it. I was I wasn't even like counting down the days to when it premiered or when it was you know when it when it was first showing. I was like, oh good, it's like happening again. Like I kind of like luckily I'm so I'm so I'm so happy that I never saw the trailer because I've since I have since seen the trailer and I can't believe how many spoilers are in it. Like so many moments that I, I would have that I loved in this movie that I would have. I don't pay attention to trailers all that much. I watch them and I'm like I they're like in one ear at the other. I I see them I forget them. I'm just yeah I'm just glad I never watched that one. I'm that I'm definitely never watching one of his trailers ever again. I'm because I'm going to see it anyway, and it's and it's a, it's a it's an event, and like I said, it spurred us on to Scorsese and all these other things, and it did. We couldn't ask for anything more, you know. The Great Escape, 
good, bad, and the ugly. Like I have, I got a lot of work to do before the NFL season starts in two weeks. Yeah, I got to get cracking too. I mean, I'm going to try and squeeze in as much Scorsese this weekend as I can uh, so we can come back next week and, and do more. Um, let's. I'll tell you what, let's let's get into Alice, okay. and then I think we call it a wraps for tonight. All right. How about that? Um, so, so Alice doesn't live here anymore. You, you, you start with this and then give me your grade. Yeah, sure. Um, so Alice doesn't live here anymore, so for people who are as old as us, they would remember the sitcom Alice. It was just called Alice, right? It was never it, ever called Alice doesn't live here anymore, correct? Correct. Yeah, but the movie Alice doesn't live here anymore. Nineteen seventy four. Did you know? It's like a rock. Did you know this was based on the the sitcom was based on this? So I had always heard that. I just had no idea. Like I had no knowledge of this movie. Uh, yeah. I remember as a kid, like I almost think that my dad might have said, "Oh yeah, it's based on some movie." Blah blah blah. And but I knew nothing about it. Um, and I can't believe all these years have gone by and I never tried to watch it. But I think it's because. There was a long period of time in my life where I, I wouldn't have really been attracted to this kind of movie. I, I didn't necessarily want to watch a movie about a female lead um, and her and her son and what happens to her after her husband dies and she's got to make it on her own. It was, wasn't appealing to me. I like to think I'm a little bit more sophisticated now in my, in my preferences, and this made a lot of sense for well, me today. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, I much I I love this as a sitcom version. I loved Alice, and I was you know yes. totally fine with that. But yeah, I can't imagine uh, sitting in my dorm and hey guys, let's let's throw in Alice doesn't live here anymore. That's you know that's... <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> I would like to hear that story hey, about you and your buddies. Hey guys, Reservoir Dogs, uh, a porn or Alice doesn't live here anymore. <laughs> let me guess. <laughs> let me see how the rankings went. Uh, whatever port it was, that's number one. The Reservoir Dogs and uh, Alice was thrown away. Did I? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to ask. You did this too, right? In college, watch the porn like in a room with a bunch of guys uh, in your horror. Uh, of, of course. Is this the? Of course. Is this? It's so bizarre. The craziest things we've that all of us have ever done, like watching porn <laughs> with a bunch of, with a bunch of other dudes. These are rites of passage. Yeah, and and none of rights of pass. None of us jerked off. It's not like we all like. You know, no. Like it just. No. It's. It was like we were watching Goodfellas. It's like we were Travis Bickle. We're we're just watching. Yeah. Just, so strange, man. I know. Anyway, I'm sorry. But but that's definitely a thing. No, that's definitely a thing. I'm glad that you you said I would have felt weird if I was like it was just me and my friends <laughs> that were that were watching it together. Yeah. Very strange. Continue. Alice doesn't, doesn't live here anymore. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so we Alice did, you're is, right. We um, had to be older to kind of understand what this is about. You know, just the, we the life struggles. So for sure. We did. So uh, Alice is, I don't know, 35, I think. Uh, she's got like an 11 or 12-year-old son. I don't think he's a teenager yet, but he's he's getting there. He's close. Um, and then I guess his – now, is that the boy's father? Don, I, I, I don't think so. It was never clear to me. It didn't seem like he was because he was too combative. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. I couldn't tell if that was his dad. All right. So, so she's married to this guy, Don, and he was, he fights with her kid. He's kind of a, he's kind of a prick. He's a very disinterested husband. 
Um, she's doing everything she can to make the marriage work, and it doesn't seem like he really cares. He's just a kind of a blue collar. What's he like a, a, a Coca Cola delivery driver yes. or something like that? I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, while she's hanging out with a friend one day, she's like, "Ah, Jesus, I wish he was just out of my life." And then she gets a phone call; he's been killed in quite a graphic accident scene yeah. that Scorsese depicted. I didn't expect to see this guy's face in the middle of a smashed windshield and covered in blood, but he went there. Um, so now she's got to figure out what she's going to do. You know, they have the funeral for this guy, Don. I don't think the son even gave a shit uh, other than the fact that his life was going to be changing. And so they move to Arizona. And she's promising to get him out to Monterey, California. That's where the son wants to go. But they got to stop in Phoenix um, so she can maybe put some money together. She's a singer, right? And she's trying to find work as a lounge singer. Uh, she winds up working at this restaurant. Uh, God, I can't remember the name of it. It's a diner. It was Mel and Ruby, um, I think. Mel and Ruby. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, in the, in the show, I think it was just called Mel's Diner. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if they ever gave the backstory on Mel and Ruby, um, but at, at this diner, she at first, she doesn't really get along with any of them. She doesn't want this life. She doesn't want to be a waitress. Uh, it's demeaning to her, but she's got to make ends meet. Um, she's trying to raise a son. Uh, that, talk about latchkey kid. That was the epitome of a fucking latchkey kid. That's where her son. Uh, yeah, Tom, his name is Tommy. I did feel really bad about this kid. As I'm watching the movie, I'm like, holy shit. Imagine if I had to leave Olivia home like that, like 20 hours out of the day <laughs> in a motel. What the hell? What the hell would that do to my child? I, I yeah, I was I was bothered by that a little bit. But I wonder how often that happens for kids and where their parents are out working and they're home by themselves for eight hours. Yeah. And it seems like this was like the first depiction of that situation like ever. Oh, I guarantee you it was kind of groundbreaking. It was this was after. Yeah, again, this is like women on their own, you know, making it on their own. It wasn't that like the song. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> You're going to make it after all. <laughs> um, but anyway, so back to the movie. So uh, are you going to give she, away every she, plot detail? I know. Right. I'm, I'm really going through it. Uh, long story short, she falls in love with uh, Chris Christopherson, who's not really that great of an actor, but. Nah. He had a beard and he looked like a rancher, <laughs> so he fit into the Arizona scene. Um, and she falls in love with him. It's a romantic comedy, as you know, to some extent. And they wind up staying in Phoenix uh, in the end, right? The kid doesn't even want to move to Monterey, and she stays with this guy, this Chris Christopherson character. Well, no, he's... they break up for a little bit and they're back yeah, together. He sells the ranch, and then they they're gonna move. That's what it is. So, um. The, the I I thought the movie was hilarious, like I was really surprised at how often I laughed. Oh yeah. Whether it was at her or at the kid, yeah, it was mostly um, either Ellen Burstyn, uh, the kid that played Tommy. I have no idea what his name is, or Diane Ladd. I thought Diane Ladd was fucking hilarious. Yes. As Flo, she's nominated. Uh, Burstyn wins. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. A great. Uh, that 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 initial car ride with uh, with her and their son uh, oh was God. really really perfect. Uh, yeah, this was where now Scorsese didn't write this movie, but um, 
No. And there was a I, I had a few problems, I guess, with I mean, I again, I think this is a sign at a times where, you know, they basically yada yada over Harvey Keitel. And then he is just like, you know, a fucking monster. And Chris, why well, yada yada over that? Because it was a fucking stupid part of the movie. Yeah. OK. It was really. Yeah, tough. it was. It was just. Um, yeah, he's an abusive. He's just an abusive boyfriend, but he's he's really married and he's cheating on his wife with Alice, yeah. and she finds out about two seconds after the relationship starts. You really don't care if any if someone hasn't seen this movie. You're, are you trying to recommend it no. to someone that hasn't seen? That's nah, too late now. They're not going to go back and watch this anyway. Yeah, that's true. They're probably too dumb to watch. Um, oh. Chris, you know, Chris Christopherson. That's, that's the thing. They they yada yada through that relationship too much for me, and then. You know, his big kind of blow up. It just seemed forced. Uh, but other Oh, God. It was so telegraphed. Yeah. When he was sitting there with the kid, I'm like, all right, the kid's going to fucking piss him off here. They're playing guitar together and they're going to have a fight and he's going to fucking hit him. Yeah. And that's what happened, right? Yeah. And then so it's, you know, uh, but everything else made up for it. There wasn't. It's an it's God, it's a very interesting choice for Scorsese, but. Um, he really is interested in in women. I mean, obviously, um, although his, a lot of his male ca characters are kind of not good with women, uh, which, which no. is interesting. But uh, the one thing, and I, I I sent you a text about this that 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 camera shot of um, of Alice and Flo, where it, it tracks them from the diner into the back, you know, break, oh, yeah. break room. That, yeah, it reminded you. Yep. That was that was the Copacabana shot, you know, on a, on a smaller scale. And, you know, he's just trying stuff out, and he's nailing it. He's fucking nailing it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he, I mean, it, it's you could see him developing what his styles were going to be later on, mm -hmm. trying out new techniques, and it fucking worked. Um. I did jot down a bunch of notes when I was watching this movie. Um, and some of the lines, like Ellen Burstyn, when she says, so what are you, Helen Keller? Like, she was so yeah. almost ab abusive in a way with the way she talked to her son. <laughs> but it didn't seem to bother him. You know, he was okay with it. And I was maybe a little bit disturbed by that. Uh, well, I can't imagine you don't have, talking to my kid that way. Yeah, you, but you, know, you don't have a son. Uh, yeah, that's that's. True. This is how I talked. To, I this is how I talked to mine. But we, we we drove an hour and a half to his game tonight, up and back. And I, you know, whenever we did talk, it was just an argument. As he's, as he's trying to prove, you know, it's he's too much to handle. So I'll call him Helen Keller all day long. What I think she says, like, what do you want from me? Card tricks? Because yeah. she's trying yeah. to get, you know, she's trying to spark some conversation. He's he's not into it. She just she was very funny, Ellen Burstyn. I I don't know her all that well. Um, I don't know how many movies I've seen with her besides like she was in The Exorcist, right? Yes, and I guess luckily for Scorsese, that I don't think that movie was out yet, and she was able to act in this one, and then it came out or something along those lines. But she, yeah, she was amazing. She was Paul Sorvino's wife in. Life, no, what the fuck was that called? Life goes, not life goes on. What was it? Life goes on. Corky. No, what was that Italian Guinea Fest? Uh, had a couple seasons. <laughs> Remember that Christopher said. Uh, 
Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's going to drive me insane. I know what you're talking about, though. Was that was that just about like an Italian family? They weren't like mob. Yes. Yeah. Oh, who cares about that? I don't care about you Italians unless you're, you know, shooting each other. <laughs> but remember, Christopher <laughs> brought that up, that Italian guinea fest. Italian with Paul Servino. Christopher Maltesante, that is. Uh, yes, right. Hold on. I'll tell you what it's called. I loved um, it because yeah. I was I was enamored with the lead actress who's on ended up being on the Housewives. Oh, who? Who 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 is oh that that oh. that that annoying bitch from uh, Orange County. It's I know who you're Heather, talking about. Heather Page Kent. He he yes. I fucking love Yeah, she's he Heather Dubrow. Yeah, this show is called That's, that's Her that's Name Life. Today. Okay, That's Life. Yeah, she um she's married to uh, Terry Dubrow. He's like a plastic surgeon. Yeah. yeah, she's very annoying. She's got like two podcasts. Good for her. Very full of herself. Well, I fucking – she was at the top of my list back then. I loved her. Yeah, well, you know, you love those guinea fests and all the stars <laughs> on them, I guess. Although I am a Paul Servino fan, of course. Yeah, Paul is there. Uh, What's his name? Uh, uh, Johnny Drama. Oh, Jesus. He's in yeah, it. Yeah, he's her brother. Kevin Dillon. Yeah. I love Kevin Dillon, man. What's uh? What's your other uh, notes from this from Alice? Uh, did you notice the I Will Always Love You song? Yes. When she was uh, hanging out with Kaitel, did you notice that? I did. Yeah, I I found that interesting. I was like, God, this song really does go pretty far back. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you know, made famous by Whitney Houston, obviously. But was it a Dolly Parton song first or was it somebody else's? It was. Good question. Yeah, I think Dolly wrote it. Okay. Um, I just jotted down that Kaitel, as this character, Ben, was really fucking creepy. <laughs> So, like, Harvey Keitel just does a really good job of playing a slime ball. And, you know, clearly it was over the top when he you find out that he's cheating on his wife and all of a sudden he's, like, smashing windows right. and he's, he's ready to murder everyone. It was a little bit of a jump. Yes. A little bit. A little bit of a jump. Um, Tommy telling the joke about the dog and the gorilla to, to, to Alice over and over again in the fucking car. Trying to make her understand. That was great. Again, it was yeah. just the perfect it... scene. That whole the car stuff was awesome. It, it was. Um, Jodie Foster. I I got to be honest with you. I didn't know that that was a girl. No. Until until I remembered that Jodie Foster was in the movie. But like, what's another movie? Oh, so she was in Taxi Driver. Yeah, the that following year. The following year, I don't know. I guess all of a sudden she became more feminine or something. I thought she was one of the guys. Yeah, I think it was a costume choice, and I mean, she doesn't. She's not much more feminine. Than Taxi driver. No. No. She played a prostitute. Yeah, I know, but you'll you'll see when you watch it again. But it's interesting that Jodie Foster's in the movie. Kind of a funny role. I don't know. Um, Flo, my favorite line to Mel, give yourself a jack job and a paper sack. <laughs> I mean, they, come on. That's yeah. just, they had to, they had to, they had, there had to be like 50 takes on that one. Cause I would have, I would have laughed every time she said it. If I was, uh, Vic Tayback, Mel. It, it, she was awesome. I, yeah, it's, it, 
I, I started Googling her and seeing what, seeing what she was up to. I'm glad she got nominated. Yeah. Oh, I know. She was really hilarious. Um, uh, Jodie Foster, I guess her mom is like, uh, she comes out and says her mom's just like a prostitute. And she calls her Ramada Rose. <laughs> at the, like at, the, Ramada at the jail. <laughs> oh, my God. Ramada Rose. <laughs> Holy shit. You know, and then after, oh, we grew ahead. up in the 70s and... Yeah, it was. Uh, we were definitely left to our own devices. Miles were hookers. And, oh, yeah, it could just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, out on the streets. Yeah, I mean that's that's a different kind of life. <laughs> I definitely wasn't brought up that way. The closest I got to um, seeing hookers when I was a kid was my, you know, my grandmother was from Kensington, so there was certainly they had their <laughs> share of those under the Frankfurt L, um, you know, over in Northeastville. <laughs> Um, but you know, that's about as close as I got to that world. Understood. Uh, yeah, right. You know, um, what did, and then do you remember, so Tommy gets drunk, I get, they're drinking, right? They get hammered him and Jody Foster and what's her name? Alice. She says to him, you look like you've been embalmed. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought that was a fucking hilarious line. Cause he really did. He was just like glassy eyed and he looked like he's fucking dead. Um, and then my final note was just that that last shot of Alice and Tommy walking towards, I guess it's the Monterey. I want to say, was it a diner or, or a movie theater, but, or a restaurant called the Monterey, which I thought was interesting. Like they weren't actually going to Monterey, but it just showed the, them walking in the direction of the Monterey. And that's where she had promised the entire movie that she was going to take him like actual Monterey, California. Yeah. So I liked it. Um, I think I like the setting of Arizona too. For some reason, it worked for me. I love Arizona. Yeah. What's your what, yeah, what, I, what's what's your I, grade? I uh, an A. Alice gets an me, A. Me me too. It's an A. Um, yeah. I you know here's a question. Do you are we judging these on the scorsesiness of them just as a movie? Because I feel bad. When he, especially when he didn't write it, like, you know, I think the A comes down to the casting of Christopherson. I wonder why this guy was like such a hot commodity, and, you know, such a fucking loser, right? And how silly some of the, that the fast forward of his scenes, the Harvey Keitel part, like this. I that's why I can't make it like an A plus plus because that shit was just so silly. Like I almost wish Scorsese was like, we don't need this and cut it out. But, you know, it wasn't his project necessarily because, you know, he didn't write it. Like, do we have to judge it like that or are we judging it properly? Um, I think that we're judging it properly. I mean, I'm, I'm judging. I guess I'm, I'm trying to judge the movie, honestly, not just because it's a Scorsese film. Um, I'm not. I think, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm weighing the good and the bad. Christofferson was a bad car the Keitel scene I at least understand why Scorsese wanted it in there you know it, it just elevates the 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 danger the situation that she's in and the need for her to get the hell yeah, out of there propels her forward, you, you know yeah. yeah it's just it's that plot point exactly right it's like the end of act one heading into act two you got to get her to Arizona yeah. um so yeah and that's probably why that he just had to speed it up so Keitel turns into a psychopath within five minutes after we meet him. Yeah. It was bizarre. Yeah. It was that it was odd writing choice, but 
I understood the plot device. So I, you know, <clears throat> I mean, this has been really just a revelation. I've, re I, I'm, I loved watching these movies. I haven't seen, didn't even know about barely. Um, it's been a great start so far. Agreed. Yeah, I'm, and I'm excited to talk about King of Comedy. I just we can't get into it. No. today. it's like two in the morning. Um, but yeah, King of Comedy. Uh, I guess we got some Raging Bull coming up. Last Temptation of Christ. We got to talk Taxi Driver. Why don't we hit those four next yeah. week? I don't really care to talk about New York, New York, but if you want me to, I will. Uh, you should say it. Okay. Um, um, you know, I don't know how much you want to. You should say it. You, t you have well, to say it. Even if it's a five, six minute review, that's fine. Yeah. I, I do have to watch it. I'm, I'm committed to watching it. So, um, all right. Well, look, I guess it's time to break to the audience that we may have strayed away from our Sopranos rewatch <laughs> just a tad. Um, we used Game of Thrones as our first excuse to kind of get away from it. Not that we wanted to. It was that, you know, we needed to talk Game of Thrones at the time. It's very culturally relevant. Uh, but we've had ample opportunities to go back to Sopranos, and we have decided to not do that. Yeah, well, it's just the way things have worked out. But I, as it stands right now, I'm too excited about Scorsese to watch Sopranos. I would agree. Yeah, I don't want to stop doing what we're doing. So this is how it is for a little bit. I'm pretty sure that this wasn't Sopranos wasn't the hook for everyone. <laughs> if you're listening, no, and the, you know, I, I, yeah. I don't think and so. It, it, we'll we'll be like all football all the time in you know a couple of weeks. So. Yes. Yeah. I mean, are we good? Are, are we done with movies and TV at that point? I can't remember. Did we talk about anything other than football last year during the football season? Yeah, we did. But I, I think this this, you know, we got high hopes. I'm going to try to get a, go to confession tomorrow, but I might not have time. But I still have a couple oh, weeks. Jesus. You and Scorsese are both obsessed. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Catholic Church and the crucifix <laughs> and uh, absolving your sins. <laughs> Holy shit. I, yeah, I, I, I'm making fun of superstition, and uh, the Eagles have already won, so I don't know what I'm so hung up about. But I'm, Yeah, it, I do not love this automatic crowning that everyone's doing of the Eagles. I just I don't like that kind of – I do, don't like that kind of talk. <laughs> I No, of course. I mean, I, but – I mean, I believe it. Division-wise, I, I mean, I it's, it's, it's a, a slam dunk. And but conference-wise, it's not a slam dunk. No, no, we we. They're contenders. Right. They need home. Listen, everyone needs home field. They need home field. Yeah. So, but they do. But they can get it. Uh, I can't remember. What, I think I said. What did I say? Four, thirteen and three, originally. You did. You I, did. Yeah. I, I'm still not there, but I'm. I'm not. I can, I'm not going to deviate much. I'm eleven and five. Okay. Yeah. I'm, well, they're definitely getting twelve. We can both agree. Okay. Well, I mean, I I guess I'll meet you in the middle. If if you're willing to go drop down to twelve, I'll go up to twelve. Yeah. Um, the one thing I do know is if 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 we beat Sean McVay in the NFC Championship, uh, hello Super Bowl, because you know that McVay can't beat Doug Peterson. No. And we'll 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 talk about that time and time again this year. I I I think we're the only ones that are talking about it. <laughs> I know. Um, all right. 
Well, that's that's a wrap for this. It is week. a wrap. No, good Scorsese good talk, talk. Good Tarantino talk. Yeah, without a doubt. I feel like we talked about some other shit too, and I can't remember it already. And uh, you you heartily apologize for all the spoilers. I guess I do. I mean, yeah. Uh, Is it too late to give a spoiler? Uh, alert? Don't we want people to watch these movies? Like, should, like <laughs> people should watch Alice Doesn't Live Here anymore. Not not just be told the whole plot by you. Oh come on! I didn't tell them about certain things. <laughs> you told everything. I know I left out at least one or two scenes. <laughs> yeah, maybe you better mention that in the notes. I'll tell you what, I can't remember. I can't believe I remembered as much as I did about that movie. Yeah. It really stuck with me. I agree. I agree. That was, the, again, the revelation of this. I, I just. Yeah. But, you know. The only oddity for me was that strange Wizard of Oz type opening. It was very bizarre. You know. Very art house. I. You know, I liked, I liked the idea of it. I liked how he was like, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. And then when you see New York, New York, you'll feel even more of that type of stuff. Oh boy. Okay. But, All right. I'm yeah. Interested. And Scorsese is coming from the viewpoint of like New York was just not even a second class citizen in terms of movie making. It wasn't even thought of. You had to. Oh right. You had to go to Hollywood to make a picture and. And I think yeah. that's his little, you know, wink and nod. And, you know, I could do this, too, if you want some Wizard of Oz sappy, you know, whatever that was. OK, I kind of like that. I get that. Um, it was just it was so weird. The rest of the movie is not like the very first no. minute and a half, two minute sequence that you see. And Alice doesn't live here anymore. All right. So I and gave away another plot point. Sorry, Sorry everyone. And New York, New York takes it to another level. All right, I will check it all out. Right. Uh, all right, well, good work this week. Yes. And we will be back next week. We're going to do more Scorsese, so uh, I'll try to decrease on the spoilers. <laughs> Please do. I'll lighten up a little bit. Um, all right, well, unless you got anything else to say, Jeff, why don't you uh, take us on out of here? Johnny Cakes, do me a favor. Please put a smile on your face. It's a god of the state of mind Two guys from Jersey with attitude all the time Football kids and movies about crime It's a god of the state of 